Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. We need your presence, Lord. We need your anointing to rest upon, Lord, not only the truth of your word, Lord, as I speak it forth, but also, Father, that we would receive what it is that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to each one of us today. We thank you, Father, that there is power in the word of God, Lord. There is power, power that sets us free, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. I just want to welcome each and one of you here again as we go live. Welcome everybody as you join us online. Today the title of my message is called God is Good. (laughs) I was wondering how long it would take for y'all to catch on where we're going with this message. You know, sometimes it gets a little discouraging when we hear all the bad news that's going on and all the anger. Um, I don't know about you, but I like to hear good news. We Sometimes in our home, it's like, oh, my goodness, I got something to tell you. And it's like, okay, hold on. Is this going to be good news or bad news? Y'all following where I'm going? Yeah. Okay. So God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So, when was the last time that you told yourself, something's good is going to happen to me today? If you're like most people, it's probably been a little while. I find that I have to make a conscious effort to look for goodness. But yet, we're surrounded by it all the time. Sometimes we're just so busy or distracted that we don't recognize it. So you see, our our natural inclination, apart from God, is to focus on the negative. And it's easy to concentrate on things that are going wrong. All you have to do is listen to the news or hop on one of your um, news apps, right? The media is filled primarily with negative news. You see, it's been proven that negative news attracts attention. The more shocking, the more threatening, and the more fear-filled it is, the more potential it has to affect us. Now tell me that's not been true in the last two years of what we've gone through. Enough said, right? So today we're going to talk about God's goodness, and we're going to begin expecting something good to happen to us. The bottom line is that we're going to have to focus on good. In order to do that, we have to make a choice. We have a choice. God made each one of us with a free will, and we get to choose We get to choose what we're going to think on, and we get to choose what we're going to say. So, let's look at 1 Chronicles, chapter 16 and verse 34. It reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And that's what we were doing this morning during our praise and worship time. So, let's talk about God's goodness today. You know, we sing about it, and we often say it, but do we really understand the attributes of God? The Bible defines God's goodness in two ways. If we go to the Psalm 119, which I don't have that posted, but one has to do with the character of God, and the other focuses on his actions. See, in Psalm 119, it captures both when it says, you are good and you Do what is good. The first half of that verse focuses on the fact that 
by nature, God is a good God. And I want to remind you, the devil's a bad devil. Yeah, and we can't get that mixed up. You see, for God to be good, it means he's morally excellent, he's extraordinarily beautiful, he's deeply glad, and he's extravagantly bountiful. But since this is God we're talking about, this goodness ascribed to him raises the highest possible level. Now, here's what I want to remind us. We're to be imitators of Christ. Yeah, we got big shoes to fill, amen? Think about it. God is the original definition of good. He's good in and of himself. But for us, goodness is like an added quality. It's actually one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? But see, it comes naturally to him, but for us, we have to be in Christ. And the more we're in him, the more we exude goodness and mercy. That's exactly what Jesus meant when he said in Mark 10, 18, he said, no one is good but one. Who? God. We call all kinds of things good today. Guys, have you ever said, man, this steak is good. Ladies, she's such a good friend. Or wasn't that a good movie? Now, all those things are called good, but they're tainted. They're imperfect. But God alone is goodness itself. How do you see the true character of a person? Let me ask you that question. By what they say? Nope. By their actions, by what they do, right? So that's the second part of the definition that we're looking at with God's goodness. It concentrates on what he does. The Bible says that he is filled. The Bible says he's filled with things like kindness, mercy, love, generosity. Say it with me again. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Have you ever thought of God's generosity towards you? Now think about this. Can you believe that when he looks at you, when he looks at me, he looks at all our baggage, all our hang-ups, and he says, I want to be generous to you. I can't wait to pour out my goodness on you. Not because you deserve it. Do we deserve God's goodness? No. But because there's something about, he says, who I am that loves to overflow in extravagant ways upon you. The Bible says those are actually God's thoughts about you. God is for you. He has your back. You're the object of his affection. How many are getting overwhelmed? Yeah. And it has to do with his divine nature. But guess what? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're having a hard time receiving what I have to say. Maybe your circumstances are so mundane, so dark. Uh, Maybe life is really hard right now. Maybe the idea of saying God is good sounds a little hollow. Well, we're going to look at another scripture. Let's go to Psalm 34 and verse 8. It reads, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And how blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We talked about that in our uh, discipleship. We sang that today in our worship song. You see, this scripture encourages us to taste and see that the Lord is good. That's, that's like proactive, right? Think about for a moment your favorite food. Y'all got your favorite food in your mind? Can you imagine how it tastes right now? Anybody hungry? And the pleasure it brings you? But think about how much greater the pleasure of knowing God is 
So I have a story I want to share with you. It's a parable. I know Pastor shared it a few weeks ago. Um, we're not going to get into the Bible. We're just going to do um, somebody else's rendition of the story, which I thought was, like, really cute. So Jesus tells about our Heavenly Father in Matthew 20. Once upon a time, there was a wealthy man who early in the morning dropped by the marketplace. There he hired a bunch of guys to work in his vineyard for an agreed-upon rate of pay. A few hours later, he went back again. And then again, later the same day, and each time he hired more and more men. In fact, as Jesus told it, the owner of the vineyard hired extra workers right up until quitting time. The last men were hired just one hour before sunset. Story gets better. As the last light of day faded, the workers gathered to receive their pay. They were lined up in order from the last ones hired, working backward. And this is when Jesus tucks a zinger into the story. Here we go. Every man, no matter how long they had worked that day, received exactly the same pay, one day's wages. Now, I don't have to tell you that things probably got a little testy there. By the time the, the line reached the end, you know, there was like this low murmur passed among those who were hired early in the morning. Finally, someone just jumped up and said, you know what? This isn't right. We got a bad deal. You shortchanged us. We did most of the work today. We carried on the burden out in the hot sun. How many of y'all know the Arizona sun can be hot? But you treated them as equals in the labor. And guess what Jesus put in the mouth of the owner of the vineyard? Hey, didn't you agree together with me on what I would pay you? I've kept my word to you. Now, don't begrudge my desire to be generous. For reasons that are mine, I wanted to do something unexpected, something crazy, something that would make these men run home to their wives and say, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. Can you all relate? I'm telling you, God is good. And it's usually when we're least expecting it that he shows up and he shows off. So we've talked about God's goodness, but... What do we do when the enemy tries to cause us doubt, to doubt his goodness? Or or he brings a spirit of fear into our hearts. You know, I've worked so hard, but, but what if the project doesn't come to a close? And what if I don't get paid for all the work I did? And what if? What if? What if God shows up and shows off, right? Okay. So God says, fear not, 365 times in the Bible. Guess what? That means there's a promise for every day of the year. Because here's the thing. God doesn't want us to be afraid, anxious, or worried. We waste energy when we do that. Y'all ever meet a worry wart? They worry about everything. I often think, man, where do you get the energy to do so much worrying? But again, I understand. Some of us are naturally that way without God, right? He wants us to trust that he's in control that he loves us, and that he's greater than our greatest fears. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1 and verse 7. This is in the New King James Version. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Other translations say timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's right. Amen. He wants us to say, something good is going to happen to me. You see, we're surrounded by bad news. Can you relate to what I'm saying? 
most people tend to think about the worst thing that could happen to them, and they do this like as a means to deal with fear. They, they may think thoughts like, okay, so what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I could probably handle that. And in thinking that they've kept the fear under control, what they've actually done is allowed negative thoughts to darken their mind. But here's the thing. God never intended for us to live that way. He wants you and he wants me to focus on his love and his goodness. Let's look at a couple more scriptures. Psalm 84 and verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And that's what I want to zero in on. You cannot defeat fear by being logical and rational. Because here's the thing. If you rely on your own strength, it's going to fail you. You cannot live by what the world's telling you or how you feel. Because here's the thing. One day you're up, and the next day you're down. When you're up, you're up. When you're down, you're down. When you're only halfway up, you're neither up nor... That's an old kid's song. But anyway, it, it, ma- it makes the point, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. So... God never intended us to live like that. He wants you and me to focus on his love and his goodness, right? So we looked at Psalm 84, verse 11. Let's look at Psalm 145 and verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. You know what that word works means? It's the entirety of things created. That means every one of us, whether we know Jesus or we don't know Jesus, God wants to give us his tender mercies. So let's look at that word mercy. The the Webster's Dictionary defines mercy as kindness in excess of what might be expected or demanded of fairness. That sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, I think we all enjoy receiving kindness in excess. How many of y'all love when somebody's really rude and mean to you? You know, like the cashier at the checkout or no, no. And, And how do we want to react? Nope, no. There's the opportunity to show God's goodness and to be sweet and to be kind. Because here's the thing. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know if maybe they just got done dealing with a nasty customer. So let's just go ahead and show God's goodness to them, right? So I have an assignment for you. Every time that you have a fearful thought, I want you to purposely stop and I want you to say to yourself, God hasn't forsaken me. He's with me. He's in control of my life. And something good is going to happen to me today. You know, Pastor and I had this mattress and box spring on our bed. We figured out that um, it's 23 years old. Like, we were both, like, sinking into the mattress and waking up. My neck was hurting, and his back was bugging him. And so we decided we were going to go hunt for a new mattress. Well, there was one mattress that we wanted to look at, like, on that side of town and the other mattress over on that side of town. And we were going to have lunch up around the Arrowhead area, right? And so pastor's like, okay, so let's kind of strategize. Where are we going first? So I said, well, let's go ahead and go to the mattress store on the west side. Then we'll grab a bite to eat, and then we'll swing all the way over to the east side and look at that other one, and then we can make a decision. So we walk into the store. Of course, we both have to go to the bathroom. So like, like, well, first of all, we had to wait for the store to open. And I'll tell you why. They didn't open until 1000. Exactly. I timed it. Um, they didn't even offer us water outside, but that's okay. 
So, so they open the door, and we go run into the back of the store to go to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, Pastor goes, oh, look, the mattresses are over there in the back, which now we're thinking, great. We're not going to get bugged by, uh, you know, somebody trying to sell us a mattress, okay? So we walk over, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, my goodness. That's the mattress we came to look at here. And over there's the mattress that's over on the east side of town. And I looked to Pastor, and I said, guess what? Something good happened to us today. Anyway, we got to try both mattresses. We made our decision. We walked out of the store. We hopped online. We bought the mattress. And that's the end of the story. So anyway, with all that said, um, I'm just asking you to stop immersing yourself in worst-case scenario and start immersing yourself in the promises of God's word. Now, it may not be easy at first, you know. Sometimes we have to retrain this, this little brain up here, right, to begin expecting great things. I have another story I want to share with you. Now, this one happened back in the early 2000s, and it, it happened in a little town, Hannibal, Missouri. There's a college there. Yeah, I, I had a feeling if I said the name of the, the town or the city, Wayne would know. He shook his head yes. Okay, so here's the story. So this one took place in a classroom in a Missouri college back in early 2000. It was a day of finals. <sighs> Anybody ever take a final exam? Oh, my goodness. I would stay up all night the night before, pull an all-nighter, yeah, and then head into class. I'd be a nervous wreck, go to the bathroom three times. Okay, do I have all my sharpened pencils? Do I have my array? Okay, I, I'm ready. So anyway, there's a gal by the name of Denise. She walks into the classroom minutes before the professor arrives. And, of course, everybody in the room is doing their last-minute cramming. And then the professor walks in and takes a a few minutes to review. Now, here's the problem. Most of it was familiar, but there were some things that nobody remembered ever hearing. And the professor responded with what sended cold chills up every student's spine. Um, He said, This is in your textbook, and you're responsible for the content on this exam. Okay, so the time comes for the test. He gave the word for all the students to turn the test over and begin the final exam. And in Denise's own words, she said, I couldn't believe it. To my astonishment, every answer on the test was filled in. My name was even written on the exam in red ink. She said, a wordless stir traveled like a wave over the class as each student looked at their completed exam. And on the bottom of the last page of the test, there was a note from the professor. This is what it said. All the answers on your test are correct. You will receive an A on the final exam. The reason you passed the test is because the creator of the test took it for you. All the work you did in preparation for this test did not help you get an A. Interesting. Anybody ever tell you something and you don't really know how to respond, so you just kind of go, interesting? I would have been absolutely flabbergasted. Now, consider what you heard. There was a story about the laborers who were paid a full day's wage for one hour's work, and then here's the story about the already completed exam that gave every student an undeserved day. So let me ask you a question. What do these stories have in common? God is good. Amen? Yeah, God is good. Can I tell you something? Those are not just the experiences of other people's lives. There's not a single person in this room who hasn't experienced outrageous, lavish, 
unexpected, undeserved kindness. You see, we experience these kinds of moments every single day. They're poured out over us constantly. And I know this because I'm going to declare with total confidence because of one unchanging truth. God is good. And let me remind you, the devil is bad. To the bone, right? Yeah, yeah. Boy, I tell you what. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. So you see, God wants us to believe. The question is, what does he want us to believe? He wants us to believe every single thing that his word says. He wants us to believe that he loves us, that he's got a great plan for our future, and that he's working on our behalf right this moment. But here's the thing, people. We got to be in the word. We have to know what it says. Am I not preaching truth? To every one of us. It's so easy to get busy with our days and our list of to-dos and what we have to do. And all of a sudden, days have gone by and we haven't read our Bibles. We haven't been in the presence of the Lord like what we sang about this morning. Again, we have to make a choice, right? Let's look at Jeremiah 29 11. This is one of my favorite verses and I love it in the Amplified. It reads, for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. The Lord sees not only where you are right now, what you are right now, but what you can become. He knows the plans that he has for us, and according to this scripture, they're good plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. Do not let that spirit of fear get on you. Just tell it to go in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love to talk out loud to myself. Actually, I say I'm talking to myself. Really, I'm talking to the devil, and I'm just telling him to hit the road. How many of y'all know a lot of times the battle's right up here? It's not even what's coming out here as much as what's going on up here, right? Yeah. So, With that said, let me encourage you to give God everything about yourself. He will be patient with you as he works his good plans for you because he's a good, good father. He's a good, good provider. He's a good, good friend. Let's look at Romans 8.28. Craig, I want to thank you. You're doing an awesome job putting these scriptures up. It says in the Amplified, we are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and his purpose. I want to remind us, God did not create us for failure. Now, we may fail at some things in our way in life right? We may fail, but you know what? When you fall down, just get back up and do it again. Yeah, that's how we end up succeeding. If we trust God, he'll take even our biggest mistakes, our biggest messes, and he'll work them out for our good. You see, God can take our mistakes and turn them into miracles if we continue to trust confidently in God. You know, here's the thing that I know. God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. The Bible says he's the God of the impossible. Here's the thing. There are some things you and I can do 
There's actually some things I can do you can't do. But guess what? There's some things you can do that I can't do. But at the end of the day, when there's things that you nor I can do, that's when God shows up and shows off, right? So as I close, I want to I remind us, God wants you to actively believe and expect that good things are going to happen to you. And here's what happens when you do. It fills your life with hope. I love Romans 15 and verse 13. This is what it says. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you and I will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we choose to believe what God says, it brings peace and it brings joy. Choosing to be negative, it brings us down. But when we choose to believe the promises of God, it causes us to cheer up. Now, here's the thing. Maybe you're naturally a glass half-empty type person. I've never picked up a glass of water and said, oh, it's half-empty. I usually say it's half-full, but that's okay. We all have different perspective. Every one of us are needed, right? But here's the thing. I challenge you to begin expecting God to do amazing things in your life. Look forward with anticipation at how he's going to perform his word on your behalf. Read the word. Receive every promise for yourself. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes, you know who our worst enemy is? Ourselves. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All of us have daily needs and wants. And do you realize, man, this is a real winger. Do you realize that sometimes what you want might not be what you need? Thank God. God, that he knows exactly what you need, and he will be faithful to provide that. At the end of the day, we can trust God. He is in control. Now, I'm not saying don't pray. We need to pray. We have a part to play. You got it? One more scripture as we quote. This is found in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, the Lord is good, a strength and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, he recognizes, he has knowledge of, and he understands those who take refuge and trust in him. You see, what this scripture is doing is reminding us God is good, and goodness is one of his wonderful character traits. When something's part of an individual's character, We can expect them to always respond in ways that are consistent with that trait. How many of y'all love to be around somebody that you never know how they're going to respond or what? Yeah, it's kind of like, you never know what you're going to get. But how encouraging and life-giving is it when you're around somebody that you know they're, they're fairly consistent? They might have a bad day once in a while, but overall... They get the idea that the Lord is good. In closing, I just want to say this. God is good all the time. Not just some of the time. All the time. Amen? Amen. I hope that word has encouraged each and every one of us today. I know it encouraged me just speaking it out, speaking the truth of God's word. Amen? I know we're all in a battle, but let me remind you, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes we think that's where the battle's at. 
But our battle is against Satan. The Bible says he comes for three things, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But, but, God says, I come to give life and life more abundantly. Let's say it together one more time. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Amen. Let's, let's close in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. We thank you that you are a good provider. You always make a way, Lord, even where there seems to be no way. And most importantly, you are a friend. Your word says that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so, Lord, we give ourselves to you today as we leave this place. I pray, Lord, that you give each one of us an opportunity to show God's goodness to someone else. And if you're in agreement with this, would you say in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us today. Just go in the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. on his heart.